Greetings, this is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasper. This is Frank Pellicone. You are listening to episode 76 of The Spin Chagrin, and last week's category was Hole in One from friend of the podcast, Orion Wellmaker. So Frank, what did you come up with for the category of Hole in One? So I always say whenever you announce a category, like, oh, I got an idea for that, or I think I know what I'm going to do. But I always go and try and research like some other movies, so there's at least a couple. This is one of a handful of times where you set a category and I knew exactly what I had to watch and <laughs> was disgusted by that fact, but there was no way around it. Um, so that leads us into talking about 2000s, the legend of Bagger Vance directed by Robert Redford and starring Will Smith, Matt Damon and Charlize Theron, um, along with, uh, Jack Lemmon in his final film role. Um, oh, I didn't really, know that. Yeah. yeah, really, really, uh, really pays off um i don't know if you were around from this time and obviously like most people listening to our podcast were like adults probably when this movie came out mm-hmm. i don't know how much you remember about the hype for this movie leading up to its release and then the abject failure of it at the box office um but both of those things were pretty immense like they advertised this movie for months and it was trailered on everything like before this movie came out there was a trailer for and the trailer was so embarrassing like if you have time you don't have to do it now go go watch the trailer for this movie and it's like 100 percent shows why no one came to the theater to see this and there's other reasons too i think but the trailer doesn't sell you on anything it's a fucking movie about golf (laughs) yes so and i mean this had a like lots of Oscar buzz too, if I remember correctly. For... Well, before coming out, because right. of Redford yes. as director and mm-hmm. uh, Smith and um, Damon in the lead roles, and uh-huh. the only thing that's Oscar worthy about this movie is, and this is me being like genuine here, maybe the cinematography because it really is filmed beautifully, but. It's filmed on golf courses, so it's kind of hard to, like, make an ugly movie filmed on, like, a nice, like, golf course. Um, yeah. And in the south and in Savannah, which is a beautiful city, um, like, architecturally and just, you know, the way that it blends with nature and stuff. Anyway. Well, it makes perfect sense um, because we've encountered the cinematographer before um, on the primary podcast, Michael Ballhaus, um, who worked with... Um, Rainer Werzer, Fassbender, and worked with mm. Scorsese on like Goodfellas and a lot of Scorsese's big movies and stuff yeah. like that. He's we we talked about him in Gangs of New York is when we talked about him. So let's talk about this fucking movie because we yeah. may as well. Um, the movie opens with Jack Lemmon having a goddamn heart attack on a golf course. Okay, and it's done in third person voiceover narration of him narrating his own heart attack (laughs) um where he talks about how it's the sixth such heart attack he's had while playing golf okay and his wife basically has said in so many words that he cares more about golf than he does like being alive to be with her and he kind of admits that that's true so this is the opening to your movie um and it actually sets the table really nicely for what you're gonna like Beast upon over the next two two hours and six minutes, um, which is the most aggrandizing like fucking white man's burden movie of all time, where the white man is so sad because 
life is hard and he needs magical negroes and sassy southern bells to like save his soul and help him you know and like plucky plucky young kids to like help him like find his way um and that's pretty much all this movie is is just matt damon being a bitch and people trying to tell him hey maybe you should like stop being a bitch and he's like oh i don't think i can do that but then sassy will smith says something and then he can all of a sudden do it for like a couple of holes so, um, before you start telling me who Jack Lemon and Matt Damon are in this movie, real quick, I, we we really need to start figuring out how to merchandise this damn podcast. What if we start making T-shirts and it's like the one of our T-shirts is something like "I love golf more than my wife." Like people mm. would buy that, right? Like, yeah, somebody buy that with a caricature of Jack Lemon. Yeah, yeah, right. Or some dude just having a heart attack. Right. Yeah. Yeah, we need to think about that shit. I'd like the t-shirt just to say self-aggrandizing white man's burden. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there would be some people that would, that, that might be a hit, Frank. I mean, there's like, there's iron, people would wear it ironically and there are pe- people that would wear it sincerely. <laughs> yeah. Well, those people wouldn't know what aggrandizing means. Um. <laughs> All right. So who's right. Jack Lemon? What? Who's this fucker that's dying? <clears throat> so Jack Lemon is a grown up heart. Uh, and you're really going to have to like forgive some of the names here. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to try to say them with a straight face. <laughs> um, Jack Lemon is a grown up. Hardy Greaves is his name. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's telling the story of Ranolf Juna. That's R A N N U L P H, Ranolf Juna, J U N U H, who's the Matt Damon character. And the story of that man's role in hardy greaves childhood okay um now apparently the book that this is written on which is called bagger vance is based off of the bhagavad gita and it's about arjuna the warrior being tutored by krishna um the hindu god um and that's like supposedly what he's trying to put into this uh really tone deaf in a lot of ways like narrative but we'll, we'll we'll get to that too so anyway so juna in the 1910s 19 teens is the pride of savannah georgia he's the greatest golfer he wins the georgia open his girlfriend played by charlie's theron is the daughter of the wealthiest man in savannah who owns all this land and they seem to have this perfect life what's her name um oh my god it's terrible uh it's adele invergordon <laughs> hmm. no no name in this movie aside from people that actually existed makes any sense at all like they're all just like right do you remember that this is a really 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 fucking like niche reference but we used to listen to jt the brick on fox sports radio when we got yeah, yeah. coffee i remember, remember JT. JT. yeah i do so JT was like on the air during some Cardinals World Series game or something when Albert Pujols hit like a grand slam home run, and there was a sound bite they used, sound bite they used to play all the time where JT the Brick would yell like it was something like Albert Pujols home run or something like that, but mm-hmm. it came out as Albert Hubahoff. Yes, <laughs> like because he said yes, it so fast. I do remember that. Yeah, 
so it's basically like JT the Brick in a state of ecstasy has like created all the names for the people in this. Right. Like like everyone is Albert Hubelhoff. Um, except they couldn't be that because they'd be Jewish and European and that would be completely unacceptable in this world. Right. Um so anyway, so Juna um joins the army in World War One. Um his entire company is killed in battle and it traumatizes him. Um, so despite earning the Medal of Honor, he disappears for 10 years after the war, abandoning his fiance in Adele and his town and just like going away. Um, so he becomes an alcoholic. So then later, right at the beginning of the Great Depression, so I guess this movie takes place in like 2930, somewhere around there. Um, Adele's father has killed himself because he lost all his money by buying... Um, this large tract of land uh that he built this golf course on called the, the keys or something like that i can't remember what it's called so she and her pluck in the 1920s is determined to maintain her family's hold on it even though um all, all the people in the town want to buy it from her uh because they feel like she can't do anything with it and she's a woman and you know they can whatever Peter Peter Garrity from The Wire and mm-hmm. um, Homicide, uh, he plays <laughs> Jesus Christ. He plays the mayor of the town, whose name is Nescalusa. They never call him by anything like a first name or anything. He's just Nescalusa. Nice. And for the people keeping score at home, that's N E S K A L O O S A. It's like some fucking like river or something <laughs> in Tennessee. <laughs> Let's okay. take a trip down the old Nescalusa. <laughs> right, it says, sounds like a um a a drink I would find in the South. Like, oh yeah, it'd probably be delicious. <laughs> probably got some fucking julep in it or something, some mint. <laughs> um, so Adele decides that what she's going to do is hold a golf exhibition match between Bobby Jones and Walter Hagen, um, who were two real famous golfers from this time period. Bobby Jones probably being like one of the most famous golf players of all time. Um, like, I don't really know a whole lot about golf, and I've seen many things about Bobby Jones, so I, like, knew some stuff about him. Um, probably because of fucking those assholes on ESPN that are obsessed with golf. Right. Um, so, with a grand prize of $10,000. So, with her pluck and female ingenuity, she, and a little bit of, like, sassy charm, she manages to convince these two legends of golf to come and play for this $10,000 prize um at her golf course but then um because everybody's like aligned against her at first until they're just not all of a sudden um people are like oh oh, well we don't want anyone to play golf in savannah unless someone from savannah is representing so they can't think of anybody but young hardy greaves um talks about juna saying that he's gonna get juna to come play for them because he's the greatest golfer in georgia and Adele's all like, oh, because that's her, like, ex, you know, whatever, ex-fiance. Right. Sure. Um, so Hardy goes to Juna's house, and Juna's drunk and playing cards with a bunch of black guys, like, on his property. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hardy grieves he ain't scared of no black men. Um, he's just there for Juna. Uh, so he tries to talk Juna into playing for him, and Juna's like, no, I don't do that anymore, kid. And then Hardy won't leave, and then Adele shows up, and she's like, I'll have sex with you if you'll play. And he's like, all right, I'm down. But then they don't, and I don't remember why. They just kind of, like, get in, like, a, a tiff while they're getting ready to do it, and she leaves. 
so then she's sitting with the town elders and she's like you know we'll find somebody else and we can still go forward and like oh juna is not going to play we don't want to play but see the night before after adele left juna went out to hit golf balls mm. because he's lost his swing say like he's in a metaphor for his emasculation at watching the death of his entire troop in world <laughs> war one he can't hit a ball he can't, he, he can't hit a golf ball anymore because <laughs> because this this is a metaphor for life man this game of golf it's right like, it's the greatest game and hardy greaves will tell you at one point why this is the greatest game but we haven't gotten there yet um so <clears throat> all of a sudden will smith walks out of the gloom of night on this white man's property in savannah georgia in 1929 and miraculously june is just like hey cool like what's going on buddy and will smith's like oh well it looks like you need a caddy and june is like i don't need a caddy i'm not gonna play no golf but then will smith he does some you know fancy like um verbal gymnastics and all of a sudden now matt damon's like yeah, of course i'm gonna play golf of course i need you as a caddy and he's like oh five dollars please so that comes into play later because that's what he's they're gonna split his five dollars he's gonna give him five dollars guaranteed mm. so will smith starts talking all this folksy and to his credit he doesn't really do like a like a minstrel show style of like oh massive kind right. of like it's not a, it's not, it doesn't sound like jar jar binks but dude it's so close it's like right on the edge of it so many times um so anyway so he gives them some folksy wisdom and now juna like shows up the next morning at the this meeting is like i'm playing and you were gonna have sex with me and she's like oh don't say that in front of other people but everybody knows it anyway so now he's playing so the day of the event comes it's a two-day event and they all get together and it's you know bobby jones and walter hagen are there and there's people taking their picture but then ran off juna comes up and the crowd's like yeah Savannah! um so they're all excited and um they're gonna play so the first like the first so it's split into 18 holes played twice in one day and twice in the next i think that's how it is i think it's 72 holes or something like that anyway it doesn't matter so mm -hmm. after the first 18 holes at lunchtime randolph june is like 10 shots behind because he's not listening to bagger vance and his shot sucks and he's like not paying attention and he's he hasn't found his true shot because this is what bagger Vance. oh no i'm sorry his authentic swing because this is what bagger vance you know, tells him that that's what he needs to do. Is just, you got to find your authentic swing. So then in the second <laughs> round, he finds that authentic swing because all of a sudden, instead of seeing the golf course with people on it, he decides to see the golf course without people on it. And now he can hit the ball wherever he wants because he can't <laughs> see the people anymore. So he starts hitting the ball just, and he starts making them in their underwear. Jesus. Then, right, right. Well, then he'd be hitting, hitting anyway. Um... <laughs> So he starts making up ground, and then in the third round, he goes from being like 10. In the second round, he's like down from 10 shots down to four shots down. And then in the third round, he hits a hole in one, and the town like freaks out. Everybody's like, ah, Judah. Um, and everybody's like following him around. And so he gets all cocksure and like full of himself, and he stops listening to Bagger Vance. And he fucks up, and like all of a sudden now, instead of being in the lead, because he ends up being like two shots in the lead, now they're tied again. So, in between all this time, like in the off hours, 
Um, of course, him and Adele have rekindled their romance, and she's like, you know, why'd you leave me for so long? And he can't tell her because it's too embarrassing, and then they kind of talk about it anyway, and then at one point he's talking to Hardy, and he's like, you really love this game of golf? And Hardy Greaves is like, my dad says blah, 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 and like tells him what the secret of golf is, but I don't remember because I was super bored at this point. Um, and really annoying. You missed you miss the secret of golf? I did. Well, I don't care. I mean, there's no secret of golf. It's the fucking game for people with way more money than they need to spend on some stupid game that doesn't mean anything to anyone. Um, so anyway, so, so Juna's like all fucked up in the fourth round because he's like gotten all conceited and Bagger like gives him some crazy advice and... All of a sudden, he's like, all right, fine, I'll listen to you. And then he listens, and he gets his swing back, and now they're all in a tie. Mm. Um, and Juna, like, has this, like, miss swing or whatever. Um, but he was, like, he's trying to move something out of the way, and the ball moves, and he calls a penalty. So now they're, like, a stroke up on him, so... um. It's on the 18th hole and it's at nighttime and the tension's all like mounting and Bagger's like, well, I guess you got enough of my wisdom now. I'm going to leave you. And he just walks off and everyone's like, oh my God, Bagger Vance, you can't leave. J ran off Juna now. And he's like, well, I just got to be on my way. And I swear to God, like he walks into the sunset and like jumps up there and clicks his heels together like a fucking leprechaun. <laughs> um... So anyway, so Hagen and Jones end up getting par on the hole. And even though Juno was like a shot behind him, he makes a bogey. So they all end up tied at the end and they split the $10,000 purse three ways and they're all hugging each other. Um, And there's like taking pictures of them and they talk about how, well, Bobby Jones never played another professional match after this. And went on to become a lawyer, which is like really disingenuous because I looked up Bobby Jones. I was like, that's fucking crazy. Mm -hmm. He played all kinds of matches after this. They were just all exhibitions. Right. And he became super wealthy because he's the guy that designed and built Augusta, where the Masters right. played. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that's where he's from, was Augusta, Georgia. Okay. And then apparently, um, Hagen was like super wealthy because he played a bunch of, uh, just would do like exhibition matches too after that. Um, and Randolph Jr. is not a real person, so that doesn't even matter. Um, so then, like, you know, it's like, oh, everybody's happy. And, um, oh, there's also this subplot where Hardy is embarrassed because his father, who had, like, a really good job but lost it because of the Great Depression, um, not only turned his house into a boarding house to help support his family, but was also one of the few people that was willing to just take work wherever you could get it to, like, give, make money. And became, like, the town's, like, custodian or janitor or whatever. Okay. And Hardy's all embarrassed because his dad's out, like, sweeping, you know, fucking trash up on the streets. Mm -hmm. um, but Randolph Juna says, like, you know, because he's, like, talking shit on his dad to Randolph. And he's like, you know, your father's the only person in town that didn't just take bankruptcy to get out of their problems easy. But you know, worked and paid everybody that he owed money to and whatever. Like, you know, this whole fucking inspiring story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so that happens, and anyway, so then it cuts back to Jack Lemon like laying, dying on the ground, and talking about how much he loves the game of golf. And then he gets up, and in the distance, there's Bagger Vance, like hasn't aged a day, waving to him, like "Come on, Hardy Greaves," mm. and Hardy Greaves walks off into the sunset because he's dead now. Right. Um. So gotcha. Yeah. So that's Legend of Bagger Vance. So this was a movie that. I like I say this and I I don't often mean it 100%. This is a movie that I swore I would never fucking watch. Like there was nothing about The Legend of Bagger Vance that made me ever want to see it or mm-hmm. I knew how long it was. It looked terrible in the trailers. Even back then I was kind of like cuz this is the movie that the phrase magical negro like comes yeah, from. Yeah, Spike Lee like yeah, like Yeah, Spike yeah. Lee like losing his mind talking about how awful this movie is yeah and being right in like every single way um but i watched it and here we are right um so on the positive side it's matt damon it's will smith it's charlie Theron, it's you know you got a bunch of other like like peter garrity or whatever his name is and um uh the guys that play Hagen and Bobby Jones do a good, good job, and Lane Smith um, plays Grantland Rice, which I thought was interesting. Um, is is oh, where the is the, that where Grantland the Grantland Bill Simmons? From. Okay, gotcha. yeah, because he was like this almost like traveling, folksy sports writer from the time period who kind of mm-hmm. like did these oral narrative type things. Um, so he covers the event. Gotcha. So there was there, there's some stuff in it that's like fine you know it violates one of my first rules of movies i don't ever fucking want to watch which is it takes place in a time where they have to either completely gloss over or lie about like certain events in the country to make it Mm -hmm. seem like more palatable so so to that point real quick i did some quick research between 1880 and 1930 458 lynching victims in Georgia. Right. Well, the funny, the not the funny. So I did the same thing, and there's literally a like a famous lynching that happens during the exact time that this movie right. is taking yep. place. Yep. But, and this is the most disingenuous part. Like, the story itself is whatever, and like I'm, I actually think it's kind of intriguing that it's sort of based on the Bhagavad Gita. Um, and I think that could have been like kind of an interesting thing if you had this like I don't know like that was the narrative you're telling is this God like sort of providing this wisdom to this guy who's sort of lost it who's lost his way. But to come like there's so many scenes where there's just like dozens of black people like intermingling with white people on the grounds of this golf course and like everyone is friendly and happy with each other and that shit is bullshit like. They don't even pretend that racism exists or is a thing. Right. And there's black people like eating in the restaurants and all this stuff is just completely disingenuous for what the time period was like. So that was my first big problem with it is it's just some fake ass fucking shit. Right. And that's probably the biggest problem. And the other problem is that it's a really fucking boring story. Like, and I, I'm glad that kind of, I, I know that people like hate like woke and, you know inclusion and diversity and whatever like there's people that are just but this is why those things exist because otherwise this is all we would see is this fucking stupid ass 
boring movie that's made to make rich white people, rich white men feel good about themselves. Yes. Like, this is the Billy Joel of fucking movies. In the sense that it's like, it only appeals to a certain group of people, and that, that group of people don't include me. So He tried to fight the fire, though. What's the problem? He drove his motorcycle in the rain, and you thought he was insane, but you enjoyed your weekend for a change. <laughs> Fuck Billy and Joel. <laughs> I wish this was a bottle of whiskey and not a bottle of water, because now I'm mad. Now I'm gonna <laughs> so anyway, so I don't know, and maybe it is just now 23 years of separation from this movie coming out, but it's like, how did anyone sit down and say this movie is a good idea? Like, this movie appeals to an audience. Because, like, literally it doesn't. I mean, the golf parts aren't very good. Like, and I have never seen... I don't care about golf necessarily. I think golf is fun to play, just whatever. And it's by itself. But I don't care about watching golf. I don't care about golfers. Like, I don't really think it's that interesting of a sport. But at least, like, golf courses are beautiful things, you know? And you can, like, I think you could show the majesty of golf in a way, in a similar way to, like, Easter had us watch those fucking racing movies, and I can't stand car racing. Mm -hmm. But a couple of them, like Ford versus Ferrari, you know? There were scenes in that Mm -hmm. movie where I was like, yeah, this is fucking awesome. Sure. Um, They can translate their love, their love for those things to the audience. Yes, right through the eye of a talented director and Mm -hmm. a good cinematographer, you could feel that stuff. Yeah, and here it's like you're seeing these beautiful vistas, but Redford never sucks you in. Like ESPN, and again, like this is why I know so much about fucking like Bobby Jones and all these people. ESPN could show you these cinematic, you know, gravelly voice narrated things, where it's like, yeah, like the majesty of golf. And it, like, tricks you for a minute. And they could have done that here. But they're not... Robert Redford, God bless him, like, does not have the ability to make me care about golf in this movie. Um, What's Robert Redford ever done? I don't know. It's Robert Redford. Now you gotta make me look up what Robert Redford's Butch ever Cassidy done. Cassidy and Sundance Kid? Like, I mean, he didn't do that, obviously. But, I mean, he starred in it. So, I can... That's, that's, that's good. Well, he's still fucking alive at 86 years old, so that's something. He is, yeah. I'm sure he's going to direct a movie next year about horses. The Milagro Beanfield War is a pretty decent movie. Yeah, Ordinary People, his first movie is a decent movie, too. I mean, it's fine. Yeah, Ordinary People's fine. Yeah. Um, Anyway, this ain't it. Right. Uh, quiz show, I think is okay. Yeah, quiz show is a decent movie. Like, um, I don't know what the fuck you all see. I mean, I I never seen any of the other things after that. Horse Whisperer is fine. Yeah, I'll never watch it. A Horse Whisperer is like Legend of Bagger Vance, where it's it's not something. It's not a great movie in terms of the story or anything, but it looks really nice. Um. Anyway, so I don't I don't want to like beat a dead horse, but. The fact that you're setting a movie... <laughs> That'll happen to Robert Redford's next movie. <laughs> right. That's true. It was actually the movie before this. Um, <laughs> you set a movie during one of the most volatile times in the country's history in terms of race relations 
and the treatment of our black citizens. And you don't make any mention to the fact that these things are going on. And you know what the thing is? It's like, it's the whole, like, I don't want to see Colin Kaepernick kneel on the field. Like, oh, I don't want politics in my sports. That's crazy. Like, why should I have to think about things when I'm watching a sporting event? And that's the fucking attitude here is like, oh, we can't, we can't talk about something uncomfortable. Like, people won't want to watch the golf movie you know and fuck you basically like <laughs> golf is the key here folks right right <laughs> the golf is the key to life says hardy greaves and you don't fucking know and if we don't have our magical negro like casting spells on yeah. Randolph juna to make him potent again you know to put the potency back in his his swing if you know what i'm saying um <laughs> what do we got like you ain't got a movie then right but right. if this if i don't know i don't think you can make a light-hearted film set in this time period in this place and have it have any meaning anymore because it's just yeah. disingenuous yeah. but if you would have at least addressed it in some way or talked about it or had some mention to the fact that like i mean the one guy fucking um Walter uh, Egan's cat, caddy, and they never talk about this. I he's just there. Is this like seek with like a turban? And I was like, what the fuck is this dude doing? But there he is, like caddying, and they never mention it. So right. I don't know. I guess maybe that was the thing. I didn't look it up. Um, I mean, look, all this is this is why, like, to your point that you made earlier, this is why you have to have diversity in the creation of these things and it's why we need diversity in workforces is why we need diversity everywhere is so that like you know we actually get different perspectives and new ideas and you don't have a bunch of fucking white people like a white author of this original book a white director and like boomer white like not like even like right white? <laughs> and right. um and <clears throat> You, you you have these people trying to make this movie um that i mean look is like whitewashing like a lot of stuff here oh and my god it's 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 cultural appropriation of the holy text of <laughs> an entire religion right. to culturally appropriate and undermine like the history of an entire race in our country to make it look like golf is really important. I mean, it's sure. all at the benefit of like making you say like, yeah, man, golf. Yeah. Like that's, that's the thing. Yes. <laughs> golf is life. See, here's another t-shirt. Right? Those golfers be all over it. <clears throat> fuck them. You know what the thing is, is like, I used to play golf when I was young. I don't know if we, we really haven't like ever talked about this much, but when I was in my teens, my friends and I would play golf sometimes, you know, I mean, I've enjoyed playing golf and I think that it's, I think as a game, it's, it can be a fun thing, but it's like, if you have enough money and enough ennui, anything can be a metaphor for anything, right? Like there's not like, yes, you can find a metaphor for life and fucking backgammon or pinochle or canasta or fucking horseshoes and all of those things i'm sure there are books i'm sure there's some rich i just i just threw away a post-it note that had a bunch of things crossed like like 
items I need to do crossed off, like a to-do list, and I crumbled it up and I threw it in the trash. There's a metaphor. Yeah, it's a metaphor for your fucking wasted existence. Anyway. Yeah, you haven't see, you have enough on we. Right. Like there's some crusty ass old Italian expat or son of an Italian expat that's written a book on how bocce is like the key to life, you know? And to that man, it probably is true, but that man has never struggled a day in his life or his adulthood. I want to so. know where that man was on January 6th. Eh, I was probably playing bocce. <laughs> Eating some pasta. <laughs> Clicking his tongue and talking about how the state of the world would have been better in the 1950s. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. That guy is just going to sit there and bitch about how it should be back in the 50s and not do anything about it he's just going to complain about it right <clears throat> he's he's sitting on his goddamn <laughs> veranda mediterranean style <laughs> with a bowl of like olives and some fucking like red wine and saying to his aged wife mm, this country's gone to hell <laughs> it's gone down the tubes and then he takes a sip of his fucking hundred dollar bottle That's of wine and eats a couple of these olives that are stuffed with, like, goat cheese or something that he got from fucking Whole Foods for $17 an ounce. <laughs> and think about how much better the world was at some point in the past. Yes. Uh, making myself angry. <laughs> anyway, fuck Whatever, that. Whatever, you, you, you want, uh, come on, there's part of you that wants that, wants that life, right? Yeah, but I don't want to do it in this country. Okay. So he's just, oh, okay, so it's not actual Mediterranean. It's like faux Mediterranean. It's like American Mediterranean oh, style. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's sitting on his veranda in fucking, I don't know, Hokessen or something. <laughs> Delaware, like. Uh, right. Uh, so what is yes. the, um? what's the chagrin on this thing? Oh, it's like a nine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's solid. Solid and continuous chagrin. I applaud you, sir. I would have, even if I thought of this, which I didn't, like, I would have never watched this movie for this thing. I I had to. As soon as you said Hole in One, <laughs> I was like, I've never seen Bagger Vance, and there's no other movie it can be. Right? I, I get it, but I I wouldn't have been able to do it. I'll never be able to watch this movie. Yeah, I never would I've seen, like, a couple minutes of it, and, like, I can't do it. And again, it's like, you can tell that Will Smith is trying to dial in like the minstrel show aspect of things. Mm -hmm. But the movie's so poorly written that it like there's no other way that he can do it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah I it's it's how I felt before I watched the Fablemans and I thought the Fablemans was a better movie than I expected it to be, but it's the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's this fucking Yeah. I, I mean, know I can't I can't even think of any way to say it, but it's so we didn't start the fire thing. It's like look yeah. Did you hear the Fallout Boy did a um cover of We Didn't Start the Fire? And like changed like updated like all the references? No, I would listen to that though. It's fine. 
like it's it's appropriate like and and uh more uh oh i don't know the word i'm looking for less disingenuous than um i think like the the joel version is in hindsight yeah you want to spin this wheel and see what you get for next week before we move on yeah yeah so i don't know where things are gonna head after this all right category for episode 77 is (laughs) you got a fast car i got a plan to get us out of here category is you got a fast car i got a plan to get us out of here that's a long category you know that when I was in my early 20s, I came up with a parody <laughs> to Fast Car about Hall and Oates having sex with each other. Oh. Yeah. Do you remember any of that? I would prefer not to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I tried. I tried. <laughs> I tried to get us canceled. I don't think it would get you canceled. It's not like derogatory towards gay people. It's just about Hall and Oates being like genuinely... Mm in like physical love with each other oh okay um what do you think of when you think of that category though like uh like conceptually i think of tracy chapman like <laughs> being really sad right i think about how like that song made me really uncomfortable for a long time when i was a kid yeah why is that yeah i don't know because i don't know enough of the lyrics of the song to really judge it but i always kind of assumed that it was like a a semi-violent like domestic abuse situation and Mm -hmm. like tracy chapman was being abused somehow like i don't know it was just like um that fucking suzanne vega song luca or whatever right right. like that song made me super uncomfortable Fast fast car is a uh song about uh two people that grew up together and are um like in poverty and are looking for like an escape yeah Uh, i get it and come from not abusive households it doesn't seem but like more like these kind of like uh like you know like a substance abusive households yeah and and the fast car becomes like the symbol for like this like you know like hope to be able to escape in some way but like also like like eventually this like memory of a time that was like you know where hope existed and stuff like that yeah my patrick bateman analysis i'm gonna end up watching a movie about cars yes so. that was the intent that's why it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i just had a playlist on one night and and fast cars on a playlist that you have i like that song what's the problem what's wrong i don't know tell me no tell me it's wrong Feels like you might enjoy Bagger Mance if you watched it. <laughs> Are you really? You're going to compare Tracy Chapman to Bagger Vance? I'm going to compare you listening to Tracy Chapman with Bagger Vance, not Tracy Chapman herself. I don't. I'm not a big fan of Tracy Chapman. I don't really like her voice very much. Uh, there's a few songs I I like of hers. Joan Armatraden is also on that list, Frank. Thank you very much. What else is Joan Armatraden? I don't know what that is. What is that? It's a female singer. Oh, I don't know. What do I know about anything? <laughs> All right. What's so, her, what's her last well, name? Armatraden? Yeah. 
is she in Bagger Vance somewhere? That's <laughs> like, like an Albert Hubelhoff fucking right. name. That's fucking Nes- Nescalusa. Um, yeah, Nescalusa. <laughs> All right, so I texted you earlier today to um, bring uh, bring to the table a one of two food chat uh, conversations for tonight. Well, you, sent, you sent me a picture that triggered me, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I sent... For, no, you go ahead and describe it, Frank. What did I send you a picture of? It is a wall of unnecessary excess at the grocery store oh. and it's a bunch of her it's, it's number one it's really fucking annoying because it's a bunch of hers potato chip bags but they're not they're sort of organized by type but they're mixed together enough where it's really upsetting to me that like the person that stocked the shelf didn't have the fucking common decency to do it the right way like some bags are backwards some are like crumbled Yes. Anyway, and, and so, hold on, hold on, real quick. Look over to the far right, to the very far right of that image, past the 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 third type. And yeah. if you look closely, you'll see that they put a bunch of the first type over on the. Oh top. no, I see. And okay. The, and the and the second type is just taking over the bottom shelf. I see. I yes. see everything. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right so and here's the other thing that really bothers me it's potato chips and next to the potato chips you know what's there the fucking little bites muffins so it doesn't even make any sense because those two things should not go together in the same aisle well it's the it's that it's that aisle you, you haven't been in that northeast walmart forever but maybe you do where the milk is and they just kind of like put like random things that they're trying to highlight in some way I don't know anything that you're talking okay. about. I can't even think of where the milk is in the Northeast Walmart anymore. Yeah. Is it in the back? Yes. Yes. Oh, and- right, right, right. It's the, so this is like the picnic treat style or whatever. Yeah, like, kind of. And on the opposite side of that is where like the, like toilet paper and all that kind of stuff. Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I can picture it. Yeah. So anyway, so it's hers potato chips mm-hmm. and it's roast pork sandwich flavored. Mm-hmm. Which is a flavored by Philly contest finalist. Yeah, they all are. Then there's tomato pie. Mm-hmm. And then there's Korean barbecue wings. Yes. So it's not even just Korean barbecue. Right, it's yeah, like but... they gotta have like some. Yeah, they put that wings real small and out of the fire. Little bit of chicken flavor in this bitch too. <laughs> I am so done with fucking weird ass flavored shit. Mm-hmm. And trust me, like one of my favorite places to go is a country that's nothing but weird ass flavored shit. But it's what they grew up with, and it's what they've known for years. And if they want to eat goddamn squid flavored cheese curls, like what am I to say to stop them? Mm-hmm. But we don't need a goddamn tomato pie flavored potato chip like potato <laughs> chips are potato chips are a waste of time anyway i think potato chips are one of the most egregious things that exist in this world because there's nothing the potato chip is the motorcycle of the food world it's like so many people enjoy it and it serves absolutely no useful purpose fuck a potato chip and then these flavors i'm sure are disgusting like, anytime they come out with some new flavor of potato chip, it tastes like the devil's fucking asshole. 
and nobody likes it, but everybody's like, oh, you try the new blah, blah, blah. There's been one flavor of something in, like, a decade that was new that I said, yeah, this is good. And that was hers popcorn that was elote, like, street corn flavored. Mm-hmm. It's like a sweet roasted corn flavored, and it's fucking amazing. It's super delicious. Really good. And I'm sure there's been a couple others. Like, I'm talking out my ass right now. But for the most part, like, tomato pie flavor probably tastes gross. Like, do you ever have the ketchup flavored potato chips? fucking gross it's disgusting ketchup and pepper i think is the name of the flavor and it's like number one that's what you want to eat like (laughs) who what are you like a three-year-old like you're making a ketchup sandwich or something (laughs) like the fuck out of here it's just the stuff that they can reach like (laughs) just go and then there's some pepper on the table right right somebody left the ketchup out just it's like me fucking... taking all what's left of the sodas when, like, you know, I'm like a, like 11 years old and just combining them all into one drink. That's actually can be kind of delicious, but it depends on the sodas. It does. Um, just fucking go to the fridge, you fat, disgusting fuck, and squirt that bottle of ketchup into your gluttonous mouth. <laughs> like, and squirt, the, squirt the ketchup in, and then just like toss a little pepper on the tongue. Right. Top of. Save yourself some carbs if that's really what you need to do. Anyway, it made me really angry when I saw that. So, what do you want to? You want, you want a food chat about like? So, chips? so well, first of all, no, no, that's just it's just a random thing. We were at the store today. I saw it, and I was like, I want to hear what Frank has to say about this. You want to hear about the tomato pie potato chip? Did you buy them? She, I showed them to her, and she's like, "We need to get the tomato pie," and then she decided that we also need to get the Korean barbecue wings. I said, "Okay." Um, so then we each, when we got home, opened up the bag, tried the tomato pie potato chip. Well, it's the result. It's fucking whatever. It's fine. Like, it's, it's like, I, she really liked them. Um, she's like, oh, they're so good. You can taste all, like, everything that's in a tomato pie. And I was like, I can taste like, you can taste like the Parmesan. Like, that's really heavy to me, like that Parmesan taste on a tomato pie. And I get a little bit of, like, the the sauce. Um, But I, I didn't think it was that flavorful. I thought it was, like, kind of absent of flavor with just those hints of those things. Um, I just thought they were, like, not offensive, but nothing that I'm going to, like, sit there and go, like, oh, my God, I got to, like, eat more of these. So I ate, like, four to, like, get, like, you know, get it in my palate and, like be able to like say what i thought and that's it but yeah she really liked them she thought they were good she thought they were very flavorful i don't know so i um but i did not try the korean barbecue wings um i think the roast pork sandwich sounds like one of the grossest things i ever fucking yeah like i'm i really hate the idea of an animal fat protein yes. flavor yes. in chip form. I think that's really right. gross. Because with the wings, right? Like you can imagine, like you know, that's just the kind of like the kind of sauce on that's like put on the wings, right? Like you know, um, I mean, tomato pie is pretty disgusting in concept too. But um, you had pizza flavor chips previously and shit like that. But the roast pork, yeah, that does not make me comfortable. Right, like, it seems that's really like saying gross. like po- like that's like a 
like poultry flavored. I'm telling you, over in Thailand, like they have so many chips that are flavored with some kind of animal protein flavor. Like here's, I don't know, like uh, I can't even think of the grossness that they have. Like scallop flavored potato chips or shrimp flavored potato chips or whatever. And they taste about as gross as you would think they do, but it's got like weird, like umami, salty, pungent flavor that people love. And that's what right. that, that's what they eat. Like I get it, you know, it's just not for me. But like, it's like the fucking weird ass Oreos. Like, why do you gotta? Right. Why you gotta make so like, things can just be their themselves. I'm not a fan of potato chips regardless. There's very few potato chips that I eat that I really enjoy. Like I like I like barbecue potato chips for the most part. I like but even some of them I think are like overpowering. Sure. I like things like the like sour cream and onion or the actually one of my favorite things recently is the um uh sour cream and cheddar or whatever. Or like horseradish and cheddar. I can't think of what exactly it is, but it's like a tart and spice, like kind of hot, right? Taste. Actually, let me tell you, the best chip that I've discovered in the past like year mm-hmm. is the Tostitos hint of lime tortilla chips. Oh yeah, those are really good. Anything are with those? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking uh-huh. out of this world! Like Agreed. they're amazing. They are. They make perfect nachos. They give you this. You don't have to like put seasoning on it. They give you like a nice like whatever like under taste with your cheese and your salsa or whatever. It's it's it's. Yeah, it's I was good. getting those like a while back. Um, and I'll tell you a secret. I didn't use anything with them. I just ate them like they were. Yeah, I'm sure that that's fine too. I no, just like to make a, nachos. So so the 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 real food chat topic I wanted to bring up to you um seems apropos like tomorrow is the <clears throat> do I even know what this day is this is when we um ratified the declaration of independence right um uh in, in America like so it's it's our independence day um and what goes along with that like here is a uh, cookouts but um you brought up the term barbecues before we got started so um about this topic so what's the difference is there a difference to you between barbecues and cookouts and if so what's the difference yeah I, I think, know people use different terminology i mean i think that it's interchangeable in the most basic sense like i'm going to a barbecue can be the same thing as i'm going to a cookout but in my head when you're barbecuing it's a very specific use of like a sweet tomato based sauce to like base mm-hmm. whatever protein you're cooking on the grill and it's usually something like chicken breasts and roasted pork or you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it's it's sure. some it's some slow cooked slow roasted meat right. that's then slathered with a sauce and eaten with um like on a bun or you know with with coleslaw and when you right. cook out I think a cookout is more like hot dogs and hamburgers sure. and yep. um, corn on the cob and, you know, right, the same so, sides, like potato yeah. salad, coleslaw, whatever. Yeah. So, okay, so we'll make that distinction then. So I want to ask you, like, uh, what did your family do? Like, a lot of times when there were 
did you have more barbecues cookouts like you know if we're going to use that distinction in some way like uh growing up like what what was like what what was yours like growing up and then like you know what were the common like sides and stuff like that so we were we were pretty poor when i was a kid um so our cookouts were more hot dogs and hamburgers yep um deviled eggs uh homemade coleslaw homemade potato salad right um my my aunt and uncle had a really nice in-ground pool and we would go there in the summer and i don't know what i've never actually been able to like ascertain what they did different but the way that my uncle cooked hamburgers made them taste exactly like whoppers like hmm. i mean it was because my parents had like a flame grill as well but there was just something about the way that they they flame cooked them like over like a charcoal grill where they tasted like a whopper and it was amazing um so we used to do that a couple times in the summer we'd go over to their house they lived down in um perry hall area like near white marsh and near baltimore if, if anyone's familiar with that um i never really went to many barbecues until i was older like barbecues were more when my friends started having kids and they would rent like like they would get a pavilion down at the park in elkton where they had the open like grill yep and they would do um you know like barbecued like flank steak or whatever or um i always thought about barbecue also um when i was a kid growing up we would have a uh, pit beef all over the place down in baltimore mm. like you would have pit beef stands and to me that was like what i thought of as like barbecue was you know getting like a pit beef sandwich with like the sauce on it and on a good like kaiser roll or whatever and not so much um you know so we we, we more or less cooked out when i was a kid right although every once in a while my dad and mom would buy um chicken thighs and cook chicken thighs on the grill with barbecue sauce on top Mm -hmm. um it was always like sweet baby rays or whatever was available like when i was young yeah i think a lot of times my mom would actually make barbecue sauce with like ketchup and brown sugar and Mm. mayonnaise or whatever and they would like brush that on top and then they would grill out or the thing that they did that i love the most that we didn't do very often was um shish kebabs on the grill Hmm, okay. Um, so chunks of beef and like tomato and onion and peppers, um, all just like grilled out. My dad loved to grill. Um, but we never like I never really had like steak or anything when we were young. It was always chicken or okay, hot let dogs. Me, or let me bring burgers. that up to you. Okay, real quick, since you mentioned you brought it up, I looked. I started doing some research because I, I, I have a very similar experience to you overall, like in terms of when I was growing up, it was like, you know, different family members holding cookouts. It was burgers, hot dogs, sides. Um, There's, yeah, coleslaw, potato salad, like, you know, there was like the other kind of like, you know, like bags of shit, you know, sure. whatever, like, but um, maybe like somebody might make some sort of um, what did they call them when I was a kid? Summer salads or something like that. Like, oh yeah, you yeah, know. yeah. We always had summer salad. Yeah, and uh-huh. um, my grandmother always made she she made a really good macaroni salad that everybody always asked for. So like she always brought that. Like you know she always made that. Like in addition to some other side, but um, but yeah, like that was like mainly it. Like you know um. 
maybe somebody would do something different and make some mac and cheese or something um to go along with stuff and then it was just like maybe like a couple different like sauces for burgers and stuff like that like you know beyond like um so I started looking stuff up, like trying to what 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 do I not know about like you know um, cookouts? Like you know, I'm assured this is a very regional and class based experience that I have. And I kept seeing people talk about steak, like making steaks for cookouts. And you just yeah. mentioned this idea that you never had steak. I want to I want to propose not very often. Oh, I'm saying who's making steaks at cookouts? My 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 family does now. Yeah, I mean our our cookouts are for like five people, so that makes know. more sense. It's not like you're cooking out for like a dozen people, but okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, my dad will buy some. There's a local. Um, See, I'm thinking a cookout yeah. like of like when I think cookout, I think like at least like a dozen people, if not well, we, like you know twenty five thirty are being invited to this thing. So we we never had that. Okay. It's actually pretty seldom. It was only when I was older in my life that I started going to things like that. Mm. Um, for the most part, like any kind of cookout was me, my mom, my dad, my brother, maybe aunts and uncles, and maybe like one of my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, but very seldom was it a lot of people. And so it was only ever because my, my parents aren't the most social people in the world, mm. um, especially my dad. Like they don't really... My mom has a huge amount of friends now, and she actually does more stuff like that now with her friends. Mm-hmm. Like, she'll have, like, a dozen people over, and they'll do, like, brunch on an afternoon. Or right. they have this thing called the One O'Clock Club because it's a bunch of teachers she worked with, and that's when they all took lunch together was at One O'Clock. Mm-hmm. So, um, and she'll do, like, I don't know, she makes, like, finger foods and um, fruit salads and stuff whatever like things that are easy to eat um you mentioned summer salad we always had summer salad Mm -hmm. the thing that we did in large groups when i was a kid was crabs like for us it was more about like Mm. getting a bunch of people together especially when i still lived in baltimore and we actually had a neighborhood full of people that would like associate with each other um we always did crabs and what you would do is they would go and get the crabs in the afternoon so you weren't allowed to eat breakfast, but you could have a tomato sandwich, like prior to getting the crabs, and mm-hmm. that's how we would um, like every all the kids would get like you know white bread, mayonnaise, and tomato like a, two slices of tomato on a on that sandwich, mm-hmm. and that's what you would eat to like you know, tide yourself over until the crabs came, and then like okay. there would be bushel two bushels of crabs for everybody and they'd steam them mm-hmm. in like those giant pots on the stove and yeah bring out like platters of crabs to put in the middle so that's to me that's more of like the summer hmm. gathering experiences around crabs than it is around mm-hmm. gotcha burgers were like you would go to like somebody's like someone had a pool and you go to a pool party in the summer and there'd be burgers and hot dogs and um <clears throat> you know yeah, everybody dig burgers and hot dogs. Um, I don't think I'd actually... And the other thing I ran across that I think... I He'll 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 correct us, if, or correct me if I'm misremembering this. Um, I want to say the first person I ever saw do sausages for a cookout was Heaster. Mm. 
My dad used to do sausages all the time. Yeah. Do you remember that, though? A cookout, like a time where he was cooking out on the grill and he did sausages? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was for a yeah, GP. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, and that was the first time I ever saw somebody do sausages, like, instead of, like, hot dogs or something like that. Now, um, my, um, so in Baltimore, we had a lot of, uh, like, local, I don't know, I guess they weren't butcher shops, but they were, like, anyway, they would sell, like, stuff like sausage. So every single cookout had um, uh, Italian sausage on the grill and then onions and peppers that were cooked in like aluminum foil on the grill. Mm -hmm. And you would always have like long like um, sub rolls. And the sausage would go in that with a little bit of like sauce that somebody made like red sauce and then sausages and peppers and you would have an Italian. Or they get like the long hots from the deli. Right. Like the long hot peppers, and you would do like the Italian sausage with the long hots and a little bit of like maybe like red pepper or relish or whatever on top of that, and you would just eat it. Fucking delicious. Gotcha. Um, yeah. That's a, see, you had more contact. You're more of a Guido than I am. Um, I didn't have as much like uh, contact with the Italian side. Like, as much, they didn't do that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. it was all my mom's side of the family, like, which, like, is the most, like, white bread, like, you know, like, Irish-German, like, you know, people in the world. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, I, I didn't have those kind of things. So, I, but the, I actually, I mean, I guess sausages, I guess it's a class thing, right? Like, sausages are, like, a bit, like, kind of richer than hot dogs, right? Like, they cost more money, right? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, they have I feel like money. I feel like when I was a child, the I mean, because, again, we didn't really have, like, a whole lot of money, but they were always able to have stuff like, maybe that was just the communal aspect of, like, cooking out, because there would be aunts and uncles and stuff there, and people would bring different things. But somebody yeah. would inevitably make, like, you'd have, like, a tray of, because we never did, I actually didn't eat macaroni salad until I was probably an adult. Like, I never had it, because we didn't make that. We made um, pasta salad. Mm, with um mm -hmm. diced up vegetables and yeah. like italian meats and um italian dressing on top we always had that at like everything um we had summer salad all the time and our summer salad was onions and cucumbers in a vinegar mm -hmm. broth with um mint and sugar in it um i see my family did like strawberries i remember like in it i think that probably replaced maybe the sugar aspect maybe Sounds... I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> I remember um, strawberries being involved in that in that salad. Um, everybody had gardens too, so we always had stuff like fresh from the garden. Mm -hmm. So you would have um like snap peas or whatever, like boiled with like cooked, served with like butter and bacon. They would like fry bacon and put it with the snap peas, and you'd have like. Like the longs, like green beans, I guess is what snap peas are. Right. Um, yeah, no macaroni salad. We never had the weirdo Amish potato salad. We always use, like my family's potato salad is potatoes, onions, celery, mayonnaise, mustard, um, celery seed, and obey, I think, salt and pepper. Like there's no sugar or anything in it. It's It's just like a salad basically like a, a normal like mayonnaise based salad um 
coleslaw. They would make coleslaw all the time. We didn't really have stuff like mac and cheese that I recall. Like sometimes my aunt would. That make... wasn't common, but I would see it. My aunt would make a tray of ziti a lot of times for like any event. So you'd have like ziti because she makes a really good like baked ziti. Um, or we would do kielbasa like a lot of times, like because we have like a Polish side to the family. So, mm-hmm. um, kielbasa and sauerkraut in like a crock pot was at a lot of those events too. Um, like in addition to the stuff that you would have on the grill, but the yeah. grilled stuff was mostly hot dogs, hamburgers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. So, two other th- minor things I noticed through my research. One is that, um, there's way too much fucking content on the internet, and we have to have AI at some point, like, become better because everybody's just getting their shit in by putting everything on the internet that, like, they want to put up, and there's, no, like, hardly any way to parse through it to get through all the bullshit, specifically with, like, recipes and, like, you know, recommendations for, like, what to cook and, like, that kind of stuff. It's, like, way too much. It's, like, flooded. Um, And chat probably gave me like um when i gave them like the i i gave them the uh parameters of cooking for 20 affordable for 25 people um uh, up to 25 people like of like what would be like the common things that you would do for like uh main courses and sides and it gave me like an actual fucking answer on like the like browsing parsing through like the internet um but i did stumble upon I'm gonna I'm gonna shout her out, uh, the Baker Mama. Okay. Um, the Baker Mama is the whitest chick that you've ever seen in your entire life. But I am impressed in terms of growing like what I grew up with, with her with her spread. And I I don't know if you have your um screen available so you can actually see. Oh, hold on. Um. <clears throat> And because there's this banner ad, I, I I have to like show you like in two pieces. Um, you got really quiet on me. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. It was me. Oh, okay. Um, so she has here in this. Um, so this I just ended up. I probably the quickest way is the Baker Mama, and then like hot dogs and hamburgers or something. So this is her like like spread and it's all like fancy and everything but she's got burgers with different types of cheese onion red onion let's point that yes, out red, yes red onion that's unacceptable <laughs> um tomato pickles crumble blue cheese oh what is that that she has there what avocado avocado mm-hmm. oh that's good yeah, yeah um lettuce and then it's like what like you know grilled ketchup, pineapple grilled pot where, where was above and to the left of where you were oh yeah i missed that yeah um what ketchup mustard um mayonnaise barbecue sauce uh something coleslaw. else coleslaw well that's uh-huh. down here right i don't know what uh-huh. the sauce is up here point point to it again right here honey mustard i think mm. and then she has her hot dogs and buns relish and then onion uh chopped onion and then her chopped onion is white onion though yeah it is white onion ludicrous huh 
What cherries off to the left? Is that a bowl of cherries? Oh yeah, yeah. Her her sides that she picked were um potato ruffles, potato chips, like uh, ruffled potato chips, cherries, uh-huh. and watermelon. Um, and I don't know what this is. Is that, that like watermelon? Is, that watermelon is some washed out. Yeah, it's chili for the hot dogs. Yeah, right. Um, and then she has her smorgasbord that she made or whatever. But that's a pretty tra- for me. That's this is much more traditional for me. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's a pretty good spread from the Baker Mama. That's cookout. I'd eat it. You ain't gonna feed that many people. There, how many people you fucking feeding with that thing? Three. Well, I mean, she's. I mean, the Baker Mama's. You know, like I saw a picture of her. She's like, you know, I'd say like probably like fifty or sorry, like probably like forty eight. Like, you know, um, but she looks a little bit younger than what she is. Um, her husband probably, probably plays golf um, <clears throat> and uh, probably gets inspiration from the legend of Bagger Vance. And mm-hmm. uh, she's got like three kids, I would say. Um, the oldest is like probably like, you know, just grad is just graduating college this past year but like she's like you know um been engaged for three and is getting like married in the fall um are you making this up or is this real and then the other two are like you know like a little bit younger like than that like you know so it's like the one's 22 23 and the uh, next one's like 16 um and then it's like you know they spread it out some more and the other one's like eight um so I hate this woman. I'm looking at her fucking shit right now. I can't stand her. I, hate I mean, her and I hate am, her am I telling lies so far? Like in my fictional biography of the Baker Mama. Well, she's about inclusion, but she probably also backs the blue. <laughs> uh, yes, the Baker Mama contains multitudes. Um. <clears throat> Absolutely, she's she, pretty, she's, she's, she's all in, wealthy. She's yes, she's all inclusive because like a black couple moved in like three doors down last year. This and, is uh, true. Uh, you're completely wrong about her kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, she's well. got three. She's got three boys and a daughter, and they're maybe. 12 to six is the range. I would okay, say. So, yeah. <laughs> And her husband has a fucking five head like you wouldn't believe. He looks like if you want to Google leader from Marvel Comics. Oh god, I didn't realize she has Megan with a with a with a AE. That's who this this woman is married to, is the leader from Marvel Comics. <laughs> He's got the biggest fucking dome. Yeah, he doesn't even have a receding hairline. It's it, just the no. biggest forehead ever. No, and he and he, he he very much is like once she got popular um online and decided to start taking pictures he's like i need to look like ryan reynolds like i need to do everything possible to try to look like ryan reynolds um she looks like somebody that watched a whole lot of sex in the city in like the fucking early 2000s yeah she looks like what's her name charlotte right isn't that that do you think she's probably i mean she she is a charlotte right i guess so these boards that she makes are really dumb too. Like, how has this woman made so much money off of these stupid ass 
freaking amalgamations of just like random shit. Like she's not even cooking anything. She's just fucking like. <laughs> I guess oh, those potatoes look really good. She made like um Hasselback potatoes. They look amazing. Mm. Um, that's a really underrated way to make a potato. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever make potato salad, or do you rely on other? Yeah, potatoes? no, I make I make potato salad. What do you What do you What do you do for your potato salad? Um, I basically cube potatoes into one and a half inch square, um, you know, chunks, and I boil them in salt water until they're just tender. And then I put them in ice water to shock them and stop them from cooking so they retain, like, um, so they're a little soft, but they still have, like, a little bit of al dente to them. And then uh, mayonnaise, um, yellow mustard, uh, celery seed, a little bit of uh, sweet relish, um, mm-hmm celery and white onion like finely diced and mixed in okay um salt pepper uh and a dash of old bay seasoning and sometimes i'll put hard-boiled eggs in there and if i do that i put a little bit of paprika um yeah hard-boiled eggs are, are are always a good addition yeah it's once in a while i'll do it i don't always it depends I don't think you need hard-boiled eggs in a potato salad, but I definitely think it adds something to it. Yeah. Although well, I actually like egg salad is one of my favorite things, so I tend to eat egg salad too. Oh, 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 God. What? Okay, so her husband's name is Brandon, the guy that looks like trying to look like a Ryan Reynolds, right? His at, right, is Dada Cooks too. And their and their children are Baker, and then there's the twins, Bryce and Barrett, and then there's Brookie. <laughs> because this is Brandon. You get it? It starts with a B. Yeah, why are you trying to make me, and she's the Baker mama, why are you trying and to make me hate these people? <laughs> like, more than I already hate them. <laughs> like, I really despise this woman. <laughs> She's got stars on her sweater. What's wrong? <clears throat> They're eating popcorn. Um, God, that poor as a family, she, it, is, it is huge. Um, she's got crazy. Eyes. She's got such crazy eyes. They both have disproportionate faces in relation <laughs> to their head size. Like maybe that's how they found each other. <laughs> so, like a survivor of encephalitis, like support group or something, and they were like, "Hey, I like to cook too." Let's have some weird looking kids. <laughs> Fucking F date, like forehead forehead date. <clears throat> That's not um, what I call an F date, but <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the genius of F date. Everybody goes looking for one thing and they end up with somebody with a big forehead. <clears throat> <laughs> Do you need to you need to market that, buddy? <laughs> Uh, God, her boards don't even look good. Like they're just—it's sloppy. It's oh my god, it makes me so mad. This is what the pioneer woman has wrought: is fucking Baker Mama. It's content. It's content. She's got a lot of it. She does. She does. 
Um, oh, this is kind of clever. <laughs> okay. Let's give this woman some credit. She made a Caprizi board for Christmas, and it's um, alternating uh, mozzarella and tomato, like a candy cane, mm-hmm. with um, crostini and basil on the side. And the basil is like made to look like holly leaves and stuff. It's actually, it's uh, pretty cool. I'll give her that credit. <laughs> All right. Her husband did not have a huge forehead when they got married. Is this a different woman? Oh, this is not the same person. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next week, um, we will be back with the category. You have a fast car. I have a plan to get us out of here. I'm just going to watch a movie about Hall and Oates. What do you think about that? There's there's no movie about Hall and Oates. (laughs) Are you? You sure? Maybe there's not like a TV movie or something. Oh, maybe. Um, either way, it's whatever. It's your world. Um, seriously, like, I, just, I, I just, I just, I just imagine somebody. I imagine like almost like a like a male female. Like in my mind, when I like was listening to that, I heard it. I was like, oh, there's like a male female. Like you know, somebody there's like cars involved. Like somebody's trying to escape something, and it opens you up to pretty much watch any kind of like fucking action movie with cars. Like, and I just thought Tracy, Tracy Chapman was a funny reference. Um, so we'll be back with that next week. Uh, other than that, I uh, hope everybody enjoys uh, their possible cookouts um, here soon. And Happy Independence Day. Yes. Thanks for listening, everybody. Deuces.